As we continue on through our sermon series right now, remember, we're going through uh, times when Jesus has said, I am. So when we're here on Sundays, we hear that word proclaimed. And then uh, in your small group studies, I pray that you're able to get connected with a small group somewhere uh, within this church family. We get to dig deeper as you learn more about the time and the setting and the place where all of that is going on. But here today, we're going to hear about where Jesus says, I am the light. As we heard in the children's message, that was great. The light in the darkness, the light guiding in that darkness. Now, what I started to think about is something that has always caught my eye. Black and white photography has always caught my eye for whatever reason. And there's this picture I came across that I loved, okay? Now, I can't tell you where it is. I don't even know who took the picture. I don't know the setting. I don't know anything that was going on when this was taken. But what I love about it, and what I love about a lot of black and white photos, is that there's absolute clarity between light and dark, but there's also mystery. What color is that tile? What paint is on that building, if there is any? What color are the lampposts? What, what color are the clothes if I think there's one person walking way over there in the corner somewhere? But there's mystery in it as well. You don't get all of the details. You don't get to see everything that's going on in there. But dark is certainly dark. Light is certainly light. And where the light travels, you can just start to see. And so I've loved black and white photography through the years you can ask Michelle when we first got married we would go and when we were looking at putting posters up in a room or looking at putting pictures on a wall she would point out some things and they were beautiful but I always tended to gravitate towards these black and white photos I don't know if she ever really knew why until now (laughs) but I did and I love them I love what is hidden and what's revealed in them And in our our text, we start to see some of that clarity and confusion all mixed together as well. See, Jesus is talking in the temple. He's standing up in the temple. There's a particular feast going on called the Feast of Booths. We're not going to get into every detail. You can learn about that more as we study the text more in another setting. But it's basically a feast where the Israelites are celebrating the time when God had provided guidance by light and water when they were thirsty. So just before our text, Jesus stood up and said, Are any of you thirsty? Come to me and you'll have living water. And you'll see more about what happened right before that, again, as you learn more about that setting. So he's speaking in the temple. He's standing in this area where God had always promised to be for the Israelites in the middle of his house and he's standing specifically in front of a candlestick okay the candelabrum it was the peace in the temple that the israelites looked to to remember the time that god guided them through the desert in exodus so god guiding and delivering through darkness by his light and so as he's speaking and saying things people are saying this is absolutely a prophet Okay, true to an extent, to a point. Others said, this is the Christ. They got it. Absolute clarity right there. And then there's others that were saying, no, no, wait, hold on. 
The Christ isn't supposed to come from Galilee. He's supposed to come from Bethlehem. And this guy, we've seen his mom and dad live in Galilee, in Nazareth. That can't be the Christ. Christ is supposed to come from David's city out in Bethlehem. So there's confusion in the midst of all of this as well. It's funny to think how clearly we may know that narrative of Scripture, how clearly we may see, no, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Not all of them would see that in that moment. Not all the people closest living in that day and age even had clarity about what was going on with him. So there's confusion, there's clarity, and there's darkness as well. The words I love in that text are where the officers go back to the chief priests, right? They go back to the religious leaders, and the officers were sent over there to arrest Jesus. And here are these eyewitnesses walking along, listening to what Jesus has to say, standing there, hearing every word, and they go back to their leaders and say, well, we couldn't bring him in. No one's ever spoken like this before. This guy's amazing. And then the leaders start accusing everybody of not listening to them because they're listening to this other guy, right? So there's clarity. There's confusion. And there's darkness. There's times we walk through darkness. I want you to think for a second. Because we tend to run towards one type of darkness. Maybe we, we run towards kind of a depression type of darkness. But think of other things. Being in the midst of physical ailment and hurt and distance from God, we feel Darkness. Spiritual warfare, when you said a battle in the children's message, that's what I started thinking of. This spiritual warfare going on, there's darkness there. There's times when we feel torn from God. There's times we run from God. There's times we head off on our own way. We feel separated from God. Our sin and the corruption of our human nature casts us into darkness. There's a darkness of confusion. There's emotional darkness. There's physical darkness. There's spiritual darkness. And sometimes there's rational darkness. We may just not quite understand things the way that we need to understand things based from Scripture. And sometimes when we've never heard God's Word to begin with, we wouldn't know that we're even in the dark. And so there's darkness that we walk through every day in different ways. And that's what we see going on in those conversations in Scripture is the officers are coming to say one thing to the leaders and the leaders are saying one thing and the leaders are saying, would you go search Scripture and see if the Christ is even supposed to come from Galilee? Which is really interesting because in Isaiah, there's actually a prophecy from Isaiah that says darkness is all around in the area of Galilee and a light will dawn on you. It's in Isaiah 9. So there's light coming from the darkness. You see, Jesus stands there in the midst of that darkness. He says, I'm the light of the world. In the midst of darkness, Jesus is light. In the midst of that darkness and confusion, Jesus was light. 
Go back to the beginning of John's gospel, because remember, that's what we're walking through right now is John's gospel. And one of my profs at school said, if uh, you're preaching any part of John, you can preach all of John, because all of John's words from 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Revelation, and John all point to one thing. They point to Jesus being the light. They point to Jesus being the light of the world. And so the beginning of John's gospel, he says, in the beginning, he or the word was with God, and the word was God. And light came into the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it. The darkness couldn't understand it. And you see, you take that from what John writes at the beginning there, and you go back to Genesis, and you see what it says there. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness covered the waters. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, and God said, let there be light. A light in the darkness. That same light is the light that walks in your darkness. Wherever that darkness may be, whatever that darkness may look like, as deep as that darkness may get, there's a light that walks in that darkness, and that light does not come from within you. That light does not come from somewhere down deep that you look into and find that light comes from outside of you. That light comes from Christ as he guides and he delivers through the darkness, as he guided the Israelites through the darkness of the desert with that pillar of fire and smoke, as he walks with you through whatever darkness you may be walking through, through the relationships and through the emotions and through the spiritual things and through the physical things, God continues to walk as light through your darkness. He brings clarity in that darkness, a point to look at in that darkness that's from outside of you. And you know when you see it the most sometimes? When someone's sitting right next to you right now talks to you, listens with you, smiles at you. In those moments where we walk each day and we feel separated from God and then God sends a brother or sister from church, a Christian voice, someone to share his words on their lips into your ears to say, you are loved. You want to know which direction to go? Jesus is the light. Jesus is the one that guides, and not only guides, but walks with us in that darkness, sits with us in the darkness, sometimes doesn't say a word in the darkness, but is a presence in that darkness. And it's kind of hard to hear what he says after, I am the light of the world. First, he was opening that up to the world, right? That's you. That part's great to hear. That's a beautiful part to hear. But then he says, those who will follow me will never walk in darkness. Yeah, but we do. So what do we do with that? He doesn't say that it'll ever be separate from that darkness, though. And we do walk through that darkness right now. But not forever. He says, Those who follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, right? When that time that we look forward to when all there will be is light, and that time that we look forward to when Christ comes back, and that time that we look forward to when Jesus says, I will not walk with you through the darkness anymore because I will sit with you as light and there won't be any darkness. Because remember, the light comes into the world and the darkness couldn't understand it, right? 
That light will be everlasting. That light will be ever lit. That light will be forever and beautiful and pure, scattering every shadow to where when we look at a black and white picture now and we see those shadows, it won't even be there because the light will overcome it. The light will overbear it. The light will expose all of it. I don't know how much black and white photography you've ever produced. I had a very quick opportunity at one point to walk through the process of developing black and white pictures. And it's really interesting. The use of light to bring images out on a page. The use of light to expose what isn't there. And as you take that piece of paper and you put it through different solutions and you shine just the right amount of light on it before you stop it and the image comes clear it's beautiful and Jesus is the light of the world Jesus is the light that exposes what's in the dark but then whatever's in the dark flees runs from Because Jesus is the light where we can't provide our own light. Jesus is the light that guides and Jesus is the light that will be there to lead and brighten the rest of life. Because those that follow him have the light of life and that's a promise from the light himself. And you have that promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please rise as we sing?